everybody. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Ash Milman. Hello, I'm here. And Josh Brown. Hello. Now, I wanted to kickstart a conversation that will be happening for the rest of this year, for the most part across 2020, which is just the general sort of trying to answer the idea of what is the best game of the decade. Now, we've done a whole load of these things across the last few years, decades so far type stuff. We you shaking your face. There's off? just so many. There are so <laughs> many. Because um, you can go all the way back to 2010, which is obviously the year that uh, Red Dead Redemption came out. And it just, it you know, you kind of have that sort of cross-generational thing. Um, so we've literally, we've just, we've done the cream of the crop. We've done an initial first pass um, to get these things uh, off the ground because we'll do way more of these videos across the rest of the year. We'll do tons in 2020. Um, but I just like seeing what different people come up with as to the answer of what the best game of the decade is. Um, so we're just going to run down all our choices. We have nine games um, and we'll just see how we go. Um, obviously, there'll be stuff that we've missed. That's where you come in down in the comments or you can come find us on social media if you're listening on the audio stuff. But the first one that we've got it's Mass Effect 2. Yes. yes. One that we can actually all agree on. I which know. Is awesome. <laughs> I think we all agree on all of these. Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Oh, hmm. God. Not this again. <laughs> I think it's I'm in full agreement. Oh. Right. It doesn't matter. For now, we are all in agreement that Mass Effect 2 is one of the best games of the decade. Yes. And in my opinion, of all time. I would totally agree. I think it's one of the best sequels in terms of taking the things that you got from the first game and extrapolating them out. For me, Mass Effect 2 is the one that I find the easiest to go back to. Um, it's, oh, yeah. it, for me, it plays the best. I think I love the whole setup of you coming back from the dead and sort of amassing this little ragtag group of warriors or whatever to go and try and fight the collectors um, for me that's the one that I go to if I think of Mass Effect I tend to think of Mass Effect 2 yeah. um, this was your pick mm-hmm. as well actually. oh 100% oh, Mass Lala. Effect 2 is the, the best Mass Effect game and also the best game ever so <laughs> it's going to come on the list hey there's the something game. else down here as well that might also be one of the best games ever maybe maybe but no Mass Effect 2 is uh, it's wonderful uh, it differs from the other two games in that it is basically I've said this before it's like side quest the game mm. because you're just going out and making friends and doing nice things across the galaxy. The galaxy might be like almost about to explode and be taken over by loads of aliens, but you're just going out having a nice time yeah. making friends with everyone. It's so. not exploding yet. You know what I mean? No. They're using the best of their final moments to yeah. chill out on their little spaceship and, you know, make best buds with their companions and then maybe stop a few collectors if they have time on yeah. a suicide mission. But, you know, it's difficult. It's hard. And it's awesome. It's a great it's sequel. Hard. Yeah. What? What? You're telling me you, your first run through Mass Effect 2 everyone survived. Yeah. Well, right, actually, there's a lot. No, 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 but I didn't know, I thought you were saying the whole game was quite hard. The suicide oh, no. mission's pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, although only one, only, I think uh, Kelly Chambers died, uh, rest of rest her soul. Rest and I can't think, I think Morden, did he Morden? You killed Morden. I killed Morden on the first you run. I think, yeah, I think no. Well, because there's that weird way that they engineer it so that people have to die at the end of it where there's, you can nominate someone to, um, like, it's there's some bit where you nominate some character to help you get through, like, a certain chasm full of enemies or whatever, and at the end of it, they're closing a door on mm. enemies and a whole bunch of bullets come through and they kill whichever character is holding that door. So even though it has nothing to do with their speciality or anything, for me, Morden was the guy holding that door. And I remember but feeling you robbed. You can win that, Because right? everyone can survive. Well, yeah, they totally can. Zaiyi like... died for me there, though. Okay, so Zaiyi, yeah, well, he's just a DLC. He's <laughs> the Zaiyi. DLC character. He's no one anyway. Um, but in terms of what Mass Effect 2 is sort of like the reason that it, I don't know, like, I guess trying to nail down like why it's sort of regarded as the one of the best like games of all time or whatever. It's kind of that feel that you're exploring an actual galaxy mm. of potential. Like, especially at the beginning, like, uh, I forget what the name of that main hub city is. Citadel. Yeah. Um, no, no, not the Citadel. Oh. The um, Omega. Uh, it might be Omega. The one that's like the, it's more like the underground. You see a whole lot of different criminals coming together and it's like mm. the big trade port and it's that Star Wars feel of like this must be this like nexus where all these different pl- uh, places and um, races and different cultures are all coming together. I remember that feeling mm. is kind of very Star Wars. It's very archetypal sci-fi. Um, but yeah, so the next one down is uh, The Witcher 3. Yeah. Which is also, the, this it's might the be my one. Time. <laughs> <laughs> all of these are also the best game of all time. And um, for me, it, The Witcher might be my number one. I don't know yet. I'm going to see how I go. Um, but 
what do you guys think of The Witcher? I think it's just for me, it's that is the fantasy game of the generation. It's it's oh, the, the best, like we keep saying, it's the best game of all time. It mm. might not well, it might not be there for me, but I remember playing The Witcher two and really enjoying that and getting into the world and getting to know Geralt and sort of his life and his backstory and thinking it was pretty decent. I mm. thought it was a relatively good RPG. I enjoyed the story, but The Witcher three just blew my socks off. <laughs> getting into that and realizing that you could have a sort of huge open world, but also have it so intricately detailed. Because even though you know it's quite a few years old now, before The Witcher three, I feel like when it came to sandbox games unless you were Bethesda you didn't really have sort of that pristine level of detail mm. and graphical finesse to sort of back up you know the openness and freedom of the open world itself whereas this mm. merged the two with great storytelling and yet great sort of player driven kind of mm. exploration and combat in just a perfect way and you just got to know those characters and sort of live in that world for a little bit and just I have so much affection for that title and I went back and played the um, Blood and Wine DLC I haven't actually done um, the Lots other one I haven't done that I yet actually. I bought it a while ago and I need to go back and complete, completely complete the Witcher you 3 really do but um, that big expansion is also awesome like mm -hmm. the bang for your buck in that game is just incredible the, that, the, uh, yeah speaking of like you said like bang for your buck stuff the um, the blood and wine expansion the whole uh, thing of Toussaint the additional like region any other developer would have done that as a whole separate game yeah, yeah. like it's kind of ludicrous how much how much stuff is in there um, but Ash what do you think of the Witcher 3 oh I really like it I Me think too. I think Josh has encapsulated it perfectly there <laughs> like you go in and you see all these different people in, and the way that it's so intricately detailed it feels like you're actually there like mm. you're in there and you can go and live there and spend hours and hours in there and not see everything and have to come back and want to do other different mm. things and get different playthroughs and different ways you want to have Geralt be and all that affects the world as well which mm. I think is all that you can ask for from these sort of massive open world games is true immersion mm. and it feels like you are Geralt you do have to go to the northern realms there is the wild hunt on the loose <laughs> oh my god it's very scary but you yeah, know I just think it's it's the it, Ooh, it's just it's it's so good it's There's so well that, put like, together I think that it nails like more than hardly any other games of that uh, like scope sort of do mm. which is that Geralt makes sense in a story context he has a role he has different you know like friendship circles and things that he has to get done like I said yeah. the wild hunt or taking care of Siri. but he's also because of his history and being stripped of emotion or whatever you can just deviate off and do a whole bunch of like beast contracts or yeah. explore and stuff and I can't think of any other sort of protagonist that managed to w manages to walk that line because yeah. um, we were talking about Mass Effect before and like in Mass Effect 3 all that idea in 2 of like you know the universe needs saving or whatever but I'm going to go and do all this side stuff so many games fall down in that way mm -hmm. um, and I was going to hold The Witcher 3 up as like the way that Geralt's designed is that he kind of feels like he's both he's mm -hmm. kind of yeah. he's not empty but he is sort of like I said he's stripped of emotion but he also kind of has a whole ton of agency um, also like you said about the design of the world mm. all the background stuff changes which I didn't even notice going through it the yeah. first time but like Novigrad and all like as the war um, plays out in the background like you see the actual design mm. of the world change which is just a great thing um, do you think that like with The Witcher 3 CDPR have like kind of usurped pathetic we'll get on to Bethesda, but like a lot well, of the shift in the seat from Josh. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, well, Bethesda have been like gaming royalty for so long, but CDPR this generation just, well, this decade, sorry, just came in and just absolutely blew everybody away. I think they're what Bethesda want to be. Yeah. Like, yeah. 100%. I think so as well. I mean, you know, they did, uh, Bethesda has, al has always used the excuse for their kind of buggy games and their kind of, you know, potentially shoddy game design mm. in places because it's, it's, it's open world. It's free. You can do whatever you want. You can shoot that guy there. You can kill this guy. That quest can be locked off. You can do all all this crazy stuff but the witcher show that you can do that mm. but still have a pristinely for the most part polished title that mm -hmm. just looks and plays so 
well. The Battle of Kemoran as well is like one of the best set pieces in any open yes. world game where they just they slow it down and they make it all character focused and it's like I can't think like something like a GTA or like a division, Assassin's Creed, like they very rarely manage to deliver what would be a triple A, AAA, you know, story driven game's worth of a set piece. Mm. Um, but The Witcher completely pulls that stuff off. What I love before we end up moving on is mm. that I remember how I still have a mate now who I didn't even know was into games, and I suppose he's not really, but I remember he was around mine and I was playing The Witcher 3 and he was just sort of like he was like, Hey, what's this? This looks really good. Next thing I know he'd bought it, like played all the way through it. We were talking <laughs> about the different choices we made and what happened here. And yeah, I just yeah. thought that was so cool. Like we bonded over that in a way that we never really talked before. And I thought, mm-hmm. this is awesome. This game has sort of unlocked a part of a friendship yeah. I didn't know was kind of accessible. There's also just to tag on that like side of it as well in terms of the choices. Like that game, Witcher 3 isn't necessarily known in the way that like a Telltale game is or whatever, um, of a game that prioritizes choices because it does it all in the background. But at the very end of it, when you realize like what sort of like father figure you've been to mm. Siri, where like the game actually was tracking all your dialogue choices and all these like meaningful things that you did uh, with Siri over over time. Um, that The Witcher Three is like certainly one of the best, like oh, sort yeah. of story. You know, like I don't know, yeah. choose your own adventure type games yeah. or whatever. Uh, this generation. Um, next up is God of War, which um, like Witcher Three and God of War are my top two for the generation. I know yeah. we're talking about decade, um, but still, I just God of War is like immaculate. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> is it the best game ever, mate? I think it's the best game ever. <laughs> I, think it might be. I just it's so oh everything about it. Again, it's it's everything that The Witcher has with immersion and uh, taking this whole fantastical world and crafting it into something new original and deeply immersive Mm. but also not too long like perfectly paced so you're not like slogging your way through or rushing through thinking oh I wish there was more there's open world aspects so you can go and do Go and do a bit of exploring if you want to. Sorry, somebody sneezed and really shook <laughs> me there. Someone sneezed off camera. Anyway. <laughs> in a separate room. No, no, like literally. Going through. Came, came through. through. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, that you can go off and do your open world stuff and come back. And then there's this whole like important, uh, scary narrative running through the middle. But again, mm. it balances the whole, oh, if I want to go off and do stuff, it doesn't matter to the main story because I've got like an invisible sigil on my head so nobody can see what I'm doing. Like, I think that the way that it balances everything is so good. And mm. the way that it plays into Norse, mi- and the way that it plays into Norse mythology and utilizes it as a, a leaping point for its own ideas that it then spins in a different direction that yeah. hasn't been done before yeah. is also fantastic. Like taking mythology and turning it into something new, it oh, I'll stop speaking. You're a big fan. Yeah. I think um, just to, to quickly mention the game's design, like <clears throat> at the very end of that game, the way that it, it ties off its story, actually it's ending quote unquote story-wise actually mm-hmm. propels you to keep doing the open world stuff, which I love. I love mm-hmm. a game that actually understands a way to meaningfully transition into an end game. Like so many things, even Borderlands 3 is like a recent example. Um, they're out there ahead of, mm-hmm. of launch going, well, this is going to be the end game. And you know, you get this out of the way and then you do the end game stuff. And it's like the way that God of War does it, like gives you a reason to go do all those extra things. Yeah. Um, and I'd love that this little, little pocket of like time-tested traditional design tropes like um, the way that those uh, side areas are put together where it's like you know you go down a certain like area or whatever and you unlock something you double back on yourself you realize that you have a new path now open mm. or whatever those things are so like Metroidvania but they're just peppered in mm-hmm. and it's like N- Nintendo style like you know genre like entire genres have came from these ideas and it's just God of War is kind of an amalgamation of all the best things gaming can do in one place yeah God of War's really good it's Josh. really really good I agree it was one of those games that I sort of didn't want to leave I mm. love it I think I love it slightly less than you guys but it's still definitely a contender for game of the generation because mm-hmm. I didn't have much affinity for this franchise before this sort of semi-reboot mm-hmm. and then um, I was suddenly on board with it and I wanted to go back and play all the games and I like what you said there Ash when it's sort of you have a game and we'll get to this probably more as we go down the list but with this it's sort of enraptured me like 
totally it got me interested in North, Norse mythology mm. and I was thinking about buying a big old Norse mythology book that I obviously <laughs> didn't end up doing I did I did I thought about getting it and reading it because I was just so engrossed not just in Kratos' story and Atreus' mm. story but the wider ramifications of the God of War series mm. and the themes and ideas it was drawing from and I love it when a piece of media whether it's games or movies or TV or whatever just sort of puts you in a world that mm. you want to sort of branch off and explore mm. more things you, from it you made such a great point about um, like like thematics and Kratos in the past series as well because the way that there's a whole other dimension to why I love this game and it's that they directly address what God of War used to be as a series mm. um, Kratos what he like he used to be this just kind of one dimensional rage monster like mm. I, he's been described as just a rage face before like a rage emoji um, and so going into God of War the new one it was like well what can they even do with that but with the same developers behind it it's like well they've grown and matured and they know what sort of role video game violence played in escapism and entertainment and whatever and the way that they write the new Kratos where he's he knows that he messed up and he knows that he's a broken person who doesn't really deserve like the love of Atreus and things mm -hmm. like that um, it's just there's a whole other like philosophical bent to the way that that game comes together that I absolutely love and it's it's right where we are in gaming oh, right now just heart warmed so heart good <laughs> that and Uncharted 4 although Uncharted 4 isn't on our list not yeah. for this pass Ooh. anyway maybe for another one um, next game down is GTA 5 which I think is the thing that Josh thought oh, that I was going to disagree with hello I think you might disagree with this because just, yeah go on your opinions on GTA are well documented in yes. this office. In video form. I think GTA 5 is genuinely incredible. And I think there's a reason that a lot of people are still playing it now and why it still breaks into the mm. top, not only breaks into the top 10 best-selling games of each month, but is all often well up there. It's I think the number, it's still in the top 10. The top, it's in the top 10, but sometimes it's in the top 5, sometimes <laughs> it's right up there. It's making a ridiculous amount of money. And for me, while the story of GTA 5 is still something quite special, it's all in the online mode. I have right. so many fond, unique memories of playing GTA Online with my friends and just creating these stories that I just wouldn't get from any other game or any other online game. Mm -hmm. It really is a sort of freedom-driven sort of player-driven sandbox where you can do whatever you want and there is a real sort of chance that you will come across an emergent piece of gameplay that no one else will have experienced before mm. you. Yeah, there are set lobbies and there are heists and all that's really good, but it's those weird little memories that will make me, that make it one of the games of the generation for me. Mm. I remember booting it up with my mate and again, it was someone I hadn't really played games with and we got to connect over this um, title and mm. we, we um, dressed up as the guys from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, bought the <laughs> same car and we would go around robbing banks as if we were those guys because I just read that book at the time and I love that any game the that, that lets, lets me you do that, that is great. yeah the fact yeah. that it lets me do that that's just one sort of mini story that I have from these past what coming up six years of yeah. GTA Online that I will cherish forever because my oh. thing with GTA which is something that uh, Nicky Jakey is a separate YouTuber there's a whole video on um, how the old school GTA games used to be way more about sandbox stuff in terms of um, you could sort of like you know figure out a way through any given mission it was like okay go kill this person you figure out however you want to do it like maybe you plan a maybe you put a car in the way of their getaway car so that when they try and get away they get stuck and you can run in with your machine gun or whatever and there were kind of all these different ways to interact with the main missions that the newer newer rockstar games have kind of gotten away from mm -hmm. but that level of experimentation and just faffing around with the physics is all in gta online mm -hmm. um, and the the mission goals tend to be more abstract in online as well where it's like just you know save this one person and just get from a to b and however you do that you can so it's like you end up getting to the checkpoint in like a 
biplane or something, yeah. even though you were supposed to just drive there. Um, and in terms of GTA V, the main city, like, yeah, I didn't, I bounced right off the characters and stuff. But I think in terms of like a sheer technical achievement, like yeah. that game city and the detail is ludicrous. I know some of the streets in that city better than I know my streets in Newcastle. <laughs> I could, I could, dire- <laughs> I could like, direct people around that version of, uh, is it, it's definitely Los Santos. I'm just saying how much yeah, I love yeah, it yeah. now. I can't remember what it's called. But, but still, I could direct people around it, yeah. you know, off like rote memory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's like, because for me, the, yeah, comparing it to the old games, they they really matured it. They really, because you, did you play much GTA 5? I have dibbled and, dibble, 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 and dabbled in GTA. It's, I've always, it's always been a franchise that has never really appealed to me mm. and also that I've never really wanted to invest much time in. What I have played of it, I think, is fantastic and I think it's like a legendary piece of video game lore and all that sort of thing, but mm. it's not particularly my style of thing. Yeah. I can look at it and go, wow, yeah, that's a really good game. That's like, that's really nice, but I just kind of, it, that was kind of my, like, yeah, that was kind of my thing overall with GTA 5 is that I didn't think it drew me in. There's mm. a weird sort of like caricatured, like over animated sensibility to the old games mm. where they were like way more over the top um, that I found it easier to get into, especially with the certain time regions and or eras that they focused on and stuff. But and for like, you know, sheer amount of video game and things mm. that they pull off and the a level of detail in that world and ways that you can have fun with it, GTA 5 is like a monolithic release. We've mm. got another Rockstar game down here as well, but yeah, GTA 5 is a hell of a thing. Next game down is Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, um, which I almost forgot to put on because I think I'm just thinking of new, <laughs> newer stuff from the last couple of years, uh, which would include that too. But yeah, Breath of the Wild like is like a sublime, just everything I love about video games um, sort of condensed into sort of in one game. It's just, it's completely effortless. It's kind of magic. The, the way that it lets you explore its, in, your, its entire world, my, it's so lush. My favorite thing is just the Korok seeds. Like, just, <laughs> I literally just go and collect that. I think yeah. any, any game that can banter you off that well, like while playing it, make him play more, then give you an act, actual poo at the end. Like yep. I think it's got my respect. It's got my respect. That best, game, best game of all time, to be honest. <laughs> at the end of that whole yeah. thing, we didn't even say that about the last game, GTA 5, best game of all time. But um, yeah, Breath of the Wild, if you do all the side stuff and that particular thing all you get is a nice little sort of memorable mm. poo which is and that's all thing. you need because it's the satisfaction of getting that memorable poo that's you know it's the most rewarding if part. you ate the 600 seeds you'd need a poo <laughs> like, one, yeah. but um in terms of the one of the things that i like i said i love the fact that it's we um the way that you sort of move around that game you can just climb anything for me it kind of kind of i don't know maybe rethink what an open world could even be it's mm. like this entire open world is one big level i can climb anywhere and jump off anything and like all these different enemy like pockets of enemies are all over the place and it just there's this a level of sheer playability to that game that I don't think anything else has. You just it just goes from beginning to end, um, and you're always having fun with it. And it's like the whole sort of like meta narrative of like Hyrule needs saving, and you're like you have this memory loss thing, and you don't really unlock any abilities after the initial set of powers, but you get better at using them. You mm. become the hero. Like mm-hmm. it's like it's that thing where it was in you the whole time, but you needed to learn how to get better. And it's like that when that all comes full circle, and you storm Hyrule Castle, and you go to save the whole realm, and the, the, that theme is on in the background. Like it's it's gorgeous. It is. It's it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And I was a non-believer until I finally got a Switch way late in the game, <laughs> finally got Breath of the Wild way late in the game, mm-hmm. and then just decided that I loved it. It's the best game of all time. It might be. Awesome. I think yeah. they're all the best game of all time. Yeah, no, I fully agree with you when you were talking about the uh, its approach to sort of open world level design, because mm. it does feel like one big mm. level, and it's one of the few games we talk about all the time. I think it was the, one of the Destiny's producers who sort of went like, you know, look at that mountain, you can go to that mountain. Yep. And, and that is true in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. If you see a mountain, you can go to it you can try to climb it you might not get up there it might start raining you might sort of fall down oh, man. but you can try it and eventually you will get up that mountain I need you address let, let it be known I need you address on camp somewhere that you can the whole the rain problem that everyone cites with Breath of the Wild you can totally overcome that you can either yeah, get the on, climbing 
Josh. You gotta, get, you gotta get the climbing gear. You can get the ability that you jump really high, or you just climb in five animation bursts, and then he doesn't slip as much. While we're on, go on. Weapon durability. Yeah. That's all right as well. It I is, don't really it? mind. It encourages you to use you to use different items, yeah. and then you have a fun time. You pick things up off the battlefield. Whoa! It's boomerang. <laughs> um, it's really good. I know. There's a whole thing. These are the, the two most common criticisms levied at Breath of the Wild. Oh, it's not perfect because it has the. Oh, if it rains, you can't climb. You can. You just need to try harder. And the whole thing with the weapon durability thing, like you said, one, it encourages you to try, I'm, I'm going, it encourages <laughs> you to try a much bigger variety of weapons, and if your thing comes up saying it's about to break, you just throw it for double damage, yep. so you might as well have fun with it. Yeah, Ash. I've, I've like had to step Ash, away mate. from both these two entries, because I'm like, mm, oh. the other side of it is you, pair, and I'm like, oh, I would love to next, do next. A, a focused <laughs> thing, but I just rant on about, because the, these criticisms have been there for like two years now, and every time I'm sitting in my chair going, it's not true, mm. it's just not that Just put your raincoat on, guys. Just learn how to jump. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, um, Breath of the Wild, very, very good game, one of the best games of all time. Next thing down is Red Dead Redemption 2, although we've also added Red Dead Redemption 1, because that game was in 2010. Yeah. yeah. Um, so out of the two, uh, Josh, you should talk about Red Dead 2. Yeah, definitely 2. That's my, it might be my, I think this is, we, we've, for every single entry so far, we've gone, <laughs> this is the best game of all time, or this uh, is the best game of the decade. I think Red Dead Redemption 2 is my pick for number one of really the entire generation of the entire decade, because I, I love it. So I think about it daily. I don't play it daily. <laughs> I think about Red Dead Redemption 2 on the daily, because I just I thought you were kidding when you said that. No, seriously. I've got Arthur on the mind. I've got Arthur on the mind. I was thinking about it last night because I was watching a Western yesterday and I thought, oh my God. I can see where Red Dead Redemption 2 has plucked from this and, mm. you know, interpreted this way. But anyway, I love it for the exact opposite reason that I love GTA 5 because this, to me, is the perfect solo experience. We were talking mm. about The Witcher 3 before and how it encourages you to just sort of live in its world and be a part of its world. I think Red Dead Redemption 2 does that same thing, but mm -hmm. slightly in a different way because it's not really an RPG. And yet you sort of, at least I did, I came at it as if it was an RPG, as if mm. I was playing as Arthur, which I obviously am. Mm -hmm. but I was sort of making decisions based on what I thought his personality was, and I was choosing his clothes based on his plight at the time. I was yep. drawing his oh, beard out because idea. he was living in the woods. I was really into the minutia of his day-to-day -day activities, and I didn't mind just going on for two hours and having a you know, a fish or going hunting mm -hmm. and bringing it back to the camp and providing for the camp. When I first jumped into it, I wanted it to be more like Red Dead Redemption 1. I wanted it to be more instantaneous, or like a GTA, instantaneous with its action and get to the point or whatever. Mm. And then I realized the point's kind of just the world and the characters, and I didn't mind yeah. sitting around the campfire listening to a song play out, mm. which I would never do in another game. I might jump in for 10 seconds and get the gist of it, mm -hmm. and then nick off. But here I really did care about everyone, yeah. even Oof. the absolute idiots who ended up <laughs> betraying me at the end. And I, when it finished, I felt satisfied, but also kind of like something a part of me had had left because mm. you, you play <laughs> something you, like, else. Mourning for this I, game I'm mourning, every day since. I'm mourning for our friend, so your friend and mine. We uh, all went through it at the same time. I think actually we finished about at the same time. No, I think I started it. I started it like a week after you guys, and you'd plowed through right. it for the first time. So you'd like you like completed the main mission, then went back and carried on. Whilst yep. I like slowly eked it out, mm -hmm. like as I carried on. But I yeah, but, huh? didn't Scott spoil Red Dead? Yeah, he did spoil for you. Oh, the, oh, you want to yeah. go on record? I yeah, spoiled he it for did. Yourself. He did. He, no. he sent me a picture of a cat. He sent me a lovely <laughs> picture of a cat whilst writing up an article on a big spoiler of Arthur's story. <laughs> and like, and uh, well, his laptop was there with the headline, and then a cat sat in front of it, and I was like, oh, well, what a yeah, really nice cat! I went and looked at it. I was like, oh, good, yeah. No, why did you look at the screen? I said, you, you a cat. There was a cat next to it. But yeah, of all anyway. the people to focus on a cat, I thought you'd focus on the cat, Ashmel. I did, did not. but I thought, haha, look at the cat in front of the screen. He's I'll just like, see what he's writing. I thought you were doing a I'll gag. Just... I thought you were doing <laughs> oh. a gag. But the joke was on me. It that was. was it. But anyway. To this day. Red Dead Redemption 2, great game. I have all the problems with it for the reasons you like it because I, ooh, because I just find it, uh, I find it 
tedious. What well, I mean, mm. you actually don't like spending an hour trying to, you know, do a fish and then, no. you know. Carry a hay bale no. from one side Carry to another. Carry a hay bale oh, and then refilling the water tanks mm. from the little pond. And also, you know, carrying back a deer that's on your horse. But it might oh, decay if you don't get there. They in time. all starve, thanks to me. I was like, no, I'm not feeding <laughs> you guys. Like, go and do something. Stop dancing around yep. this camp. Every time, every time it's like a slow thing happened, like with, uh, you know, when you have like those party nights and you have to like dance around with everyone and talk to that. them all. I hated it. I was like, <laughs> literally, I was like, come on, we're going to go to sleep and get on with the Why, game. You didn't like the parties, though? No, I actually didn't like the parties. So I oh. thought, I I thought Red Dead Redemption 2 was one of my favorite games that I played. I was like, oh my God, I didn't realize gaming could be this deep, this wonderful, this intense. <laughs> and I still really respect it. I think it's a fantastic mm-hmm. game. Like it's, it's still like a favorite. Yeah. But as soon as I played some other things afterwards, I was like, that was way too slow I, for me. Yeah, I think, like, I, remember we had, I remember, that's why I mentioned that I was finishing at the same time. Because I thought, mm. that, I remember having conversations about like, you feel how sluggish that game is. Yeah. And it's weird because it is so deliberate that I've, I've described it in articles and stuff. as like, it's kind of virtual reality without a VR headset mm. because it is so deliberate. And there's something about it that instills like that need that you said about like you want to go and like maintain his facial hair and get a certain set of clothing mm. and you want to live with a certain pace and they really it, it all comes from all the different animations and the way you can have dialogue with everybody and I do love that side of it um, but there is also the other side where it is it is quite sluggish and deliberate mm. and like it wants to take its time it's like an old western it's like once upon yeah. a time in the west mm. that isn't going to get there until it gets there like you know Oof. and there is like a there is like a recommendable pace to that um, which I guess to throw in Red Dead Redemption 1 that game is the more gamified version mm. of that experience it, there's no sort of you're not going off to live in the woods because something bad just happened with like a certain character's wife or like whatever uh, it's more just here's the gameplay you can go and I for me I prefer Red Dead 1 yeah. um, and I think that by the end of Red Dead 1 I've never had a game instill a need to go find an NPC and, and, and literally enact revenge mm. like and it's completely of your own accord like Red Dead Redemption 1 ends and you could you could totally think you're done with the story but if you of your own accord go to one of the cities and track down the person who killed your father you can literally find that guy and mm. that's the true ending and I remember finding that out for the first time being like that's phenomenal like no game's ever instilled that before Um, but yeah people can argue about Red Dead 1 versus 2 for the rest of time Um, and we'll put a marker on it at some point when we finally do a proper list version of this but whatever next game down is The Last of Us um, which was the best game on the PS3 best game of all time it might be the best game of all time to be honest I don't know best game of all time but you've got a war was on there before yeah Last of Us is better Oh, and when you said, "Oh, this is my pick for Red Dead Redemption 2 I was like, "But Last of Us is coming up." I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty glad. To... You know what? Okay, this is also the best game of all time. Yeah, I agree. But still, I mean, in terms of The Last of Us, um, a lot of people obviously hold it up because of the the storytelling and the way that those characters are portrayed and like that obviously that massive emotional gut punch at the yeah. very beginning of it. Um, and I totally see the counter argument that the best moments in The Last of Us are uh, in the cutscenes. Um, but I do think it's backed up with the gameplay. I do love the survivability stuff. I love playing as Joel. I don't think you would get the connection between Joel and Ellie if it wasn't meted out across like 15-ish hours or however yeah. long it is, um, which directly factors into the ending. And, and Joel, like, I just I remember realizing as I wrote up The Last of Us on something else a little while ago that the very beginning um control is very much taken away from him he's trying to mm. save his, his daughter sarah um and you know she gets killed by this soldier at the very beginning um at the very end when he storms the the room with ellie in the operating room he very much takes control back away yeah. from you as the player mm. and joel on screen decides to save ellie and kill one of the surgeons um, and it's up oh. to you whether you like you know run him out of the, the room or whatever but i love that the, on a, in a meta way that joel himself as an entity in the game decides to get no i'm gonna do this like yeah. i lost one daughter i can't lose another one um i think it's because of all of that for me it all comes together though mm. i do see the whole cutscene thing but you guys love a bit of the last of us 2 oh uh, last of us 2 
Two's later as well, I meant. Oh, yeah. yes. That makes sense. It's 4 p.m. T-double-O. Almost. Uh, no, uh, Last of Us is fantastic. Obviously, I only played it recently compared to when it actually came out, and I feel oh, like we, I... we berated you to play it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was worth it, honestly. You slapped me about and said, play Do this it. game. And uh, I did, and it was so, so good. Like, even knowing what was going to happen and everything, it still has that absolute, mm. like... Ooh, ooh. just like core <laughs> gameplay that sucks you in and again it's another one with an original premise an original way of doing it that like immerses you fully in a world that you then want to play out as Joel and Ellie mm. and see how their relationship develops and find everything and go and look at all these dilapidated buildings and clickers and all that sort of thing mm -hmm. like, I just wanted to look at everything so I was yep. like wow mm -hmm. that's really good like that I like the design of that mm -hmm. yeah and then, yeah, like, we'll see like how uh, Naughty Dog are going to sort of pick up the story threads or whatever and mm -hmm. continue it initially I really didn't want more The Last of Us but as it's as I've sort of delved into it a bit more and pulling out the ramifications of what does it mean to have one person that provides the yeah. cure for the future um, in a way it's just a bigger version of Joel's lie like how important is that one individual versus the millions that yeah. you don't love or whatever. Um, Josh, you, you like the last one. I do. It's one of my favorite games of all time. I thought it might saying. be. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's the best. It was one I came <laughs> to late as well because I didn't have a PlayStation 3, so I got the remastered uh, version mm -hmm. and I played through it. And I was... It took me a while to get into it, to be fair, yeah. because maybe it's because I had such high expectations after hearing it's one of the best games of all time. Mm -hmm. And then it just completely won me over as soon as you properly get introduced to Ellie and Joel because it takes quite a while for them to actually mm. meet and start to uh, break the ice and I just think like the story itself is obviously amazing and well told and I agree that you know that decision at the end which isn't really a decision because control is taken away yep. from you that's such an interesting way to do it because you're expecting you know a moral choice or something like that and then you don't get it mm -hmm. because Joel is his own character with his own agency mm -hmm. and that subverts your expectations as a player and that's just amazing it ends on a way that uh, on a note that a lot of post-apocalyptic fiction just doesn't end on, you know, yeah. subverting your genre expectations all the way through. And it's got a killer multiplayer mode that always gets fair, overlooked. Yeah. Factions is awesome, and I'm still sorry, Dewey, because I got you killed. Your friends die. If you oh, import yeah. your Facebook friends, you can get them killed. A lot of my friends died me with me trying to, you know, survive and help my camp. That's awesome. And also, <laughs> the combat in general is just really good. Yeah. All Naughty Dog games sort of kind of get, not trash for the combat, but people they always get say, they don't yeah. get held yeah. up. Whereas I think there is a, a real mechanical sort of finesse to it that doesn't get the praise it deserves. Everything True. clicks together and you really feel like you're part of this scrappy, you know, mm. survival mm. Uh, world trying to do your best to mm -hmm. get through to the next position with about three bullets. Let know. it be said that Last of Us is multiplayer is damn recommendable. Damn right it to is. To this day. Um, also as well as one final sort of thing for that, the thing you were saying about, well, we both said about like the way that it, it makes a choice for you. I would hold The Last of Us up as a reason why um, a particular writer or script, you know, should make a decision and, and mm. let the player live with the ramifications of it. Um, so for me, some of the best questions in gaming come from those moments like yeah. something in Horizon the end of Horizon um, or The Last of Us as opposed to like if that was an actual in-game choice do you save Ellie or not I don't think it would have anywhere near as much impact because we mm, would have yeah. just you know it, because it goes down one lane that makes the conversation happen yeah. in a way that it wouldn't otherwise um, next one down is the is uh, Dark Souls <laughs> the Dark Souls um, which I think if we're going to sort of point to one game this generation that is the most influential I think that it probably mm, Souls yeah. every yeah. other game is a Souls-like um, whether it be behind the shoulder type stuff or even the side-scrolling ones like Blasphemous or Salt and Sanctuary um, in terms of, I don't know, boiling it back down to its base elements. Like, it's almost like survival games, but really rigid combat mechanics. Um, FromSoft obviously ended up doing um, something like Sekiro, which is more acrobatic, but um, that first Dark Souls, everyone's played it. Everyone has an opinion on Dark Souls. <laughs> Ash loves it. Oh, it's my best. 
Best game of all time. Best game of all time. Yeah, yeah, I, I hate Dark Souls. <laughs> I hate it. I, uh, I respect, again, another one I respect and another oh. one that I think is a great game and I can see all of its influences and the way that it puts itself together. Wonderful, beautiful, etc., etc. <laughs> but I just can't stand grind games. I can't stand it. I just It just makes me angry and I find it pointless and I find it exercises my rage Best too much. games of the de- decade. Best. With the... It's the best Souls, game. Do you mean in terms of like, because it's true, you always go up and bang your head against this massive brick wall with a face until you can break through. I just think difficulty for difficulty's sake is cheap, mm. slightly, which I, is a bit of a controversial opinion. But I, I think making something difficult and getting to the end of it and having your big like satisfaction moment of being able to get through mm. it and figuring it out is fantastic, but it is not the type of gameplay that I like. Yeah, personally. and it's like, and yeah. that's the thing. When I um, first fought Ornstein and Smile, which is like the second or third last boss, mm. that is the most I've ever got completely just yeah. raged out and like had an existential crisis of like mm. what is this is the moment in my life when I can't beat something and, I, yeah. and I'm just done um, <laughs> but when I finally did it I was like shaking with glee and it was like <laughs> unlike anything else um, but like you know it's it's true you can take that the, like you know to the, the wrong degree kind of thing because mm. Sekiro like that was the game where loads of headlines and critical um, different opinion pieces around the launch of Sekiro were like okay how much harder can we get yeah. like this is just infuriating but then under the proviso that if you finally surmount the difficulty Oof. it'll be worth it I just I, find, I want games to be escapism I want to go in and see loads of beautiful lore and wonderful landscapes and we'd be able to explore and have all this storytelling given mm. to me and I think that the way that Dark Souls and Sakira and From Software do like a, a meted out story that you've got to go and find and mm. pick up things and piece together for yourself I really like that I do not like having to try and kill everything and like work my way through everything to get to that like mm-hmm. and I understand I totally understand why people do like that and why others would enjoy it and why it's a fantastic mm. way of having uh, games that it's a fantastic thing to have those games so you've got comparative stuff mm-hmm. and to be able to go what well, I've had enough of that I'm going to play something nice now <laughs> uh, but for me I just find it I just find it infuriating I find mm-hmm. it uh, needless to a point of playing it I'm like why why it's uh, weird because it's because obviously gaming is like an active medium that sensation of mm-hmm. like overcoming something you can't get that from anything else it's not you don't have to struggle to turn the pages of a book or struggle to get through a film like mm-hmm. it's something that only games can do um, it's obviously different degrees based, yeah. d- based on different games but Josh you're a, so you like the Souls I like Souls a lot I'm uh, conflicted on this because I don't know what I prefer more Dark Souls or Blood Bomb but I'll stick Ooh. with Dark Souls right now because I, I, I kind of agree with Ash that you know I can understand why people you know don't like it or bounce off it but at at the same time to me Dark Souls isn't just sort of like you know the punishing difficulty or trying mm. to overcome a challenge it is about the world and that's mm. what sort of sets it apart for me going back and playing the remastered edition I uh, I didn't want to slog through all the bosses again so I used summons to beat Onstein and Smao and stuff like that I would just kind of when I got to a brick wall I just couldn't get past I didn't have that sort of mentality that I did the first time around where I was Same. just thinking no this is a challenge mm. I've got to overcome it overcome it or otherwise what am I yeah, and what, what was, is my, my sense thing. of identity going back to it a second time with the remastered edition I, everything mm. else sort of clicked mm. I got why I enjoyed it so much the first time and it wasn't just the combat it mm. was you know going down into I think it's the Great Hollow and looking left and seeing that massive Hydra on the one side and looking right and seeing a bonfire there and just <laughs> thinking thank God <laughs> yeah. I do not need to die and have to go all the way back to the top but there mm. are so many intricately packed secrets into that game and you really do feel like you're exploring and mm. adventuring through a sort of deadly world that's trying mm. to kill you but the um the sort of you know gold at the end of the rainbow is always worth it there's always something you know beautiful or grand or mythic to see yeah. even if there is a good chance that it probably will try to kill you at the That's end the of the thing. day like, no other developer has ever pushed me to the point of just break point where I was like I hate this I oh god I just want it done I just want it to be done it's like a mm. chore I just want to break I just want to get this thing done mm. and then at, within a split second with the victory screen like that was all worth it that yeah. was brilliant <laughs> I would do that all, I would do that all again no, like, and it's just it's the weirdest sensation <sighs> 
me see me ever getting a victory on the game it's like yeah I showed you but I'm not I'm not pleased by it I'm always like that's done I've wasted all my time on this and now I'm going to go do something else but no I, I think I, I think my main problem with Dark Souls is not so much it as a game but it's a, it is an entity that people use for gatekeeping towards mm. gaming like oh if you mm. don't like Dark Souls then you're not a real gamer you're good at man. yeah if you don't if you can't get through this are oh, you a real gamer and then using it like oh I did this that, that's like just enjoy it for yourself like just have yeah, a nice time yeah. like, I, I, I can see that as well even in, in the office where a lot of people try to get to Dark Souls and they sort mm. of like have caveats for them not enjoying it they're like mm. oh I'll get into it eventually I'm just mm. stuck at the beginning and they throw themselves at the yeah. wall over and over again <laughs> and this, this, it's fair to just be like you know what it's this, not for me this yeah. ain't for me chief this yeah. is yeah. not the type of game I like and I do agree that there's sort mm. of this weird kind of potentially gatekeepery thing mm. of like you know mm. it's a meme now but there was a real mentality of you gotta get good to enjoy this well, game yeah, getting good is this sort of go to forum response to literally anybody with any sort of FromSoft game but that all for me like you can kind of all put that towards just how influential it's been and oh, just yeah. you know it is one of the I best I feel like I should say like it deserves its place yeah, like, yeah, it yeah. deserves yeah. its place on like best games and all that sort of thing influential something new exciting put together very well mm. for what it is but just not Michael just, it is fascinating taking something like difficulty in video games mm. used to be used to get money out of people in the arcades and the idea of bringing it back to the fore and going this game is incredibly hard and we intentionally made it that way but you're only paying once like mm. that sort of rethought everybody you had to rethink difficulty and, and all those sort of things um, this decade now the last game we have it might be the best game of all time genuinely Skyrim <laughs> I, I might say Skyrim is the best game ever. Even I don't agree. And I'm ah, the Elder Scrolls fangirl because Oblivion's the best game of all time. Oh, that's it, not doesn't, it doesn't fit on this list. But nope. It yeah. is though. But no, Skyrim's fantastic. We all know yes. Skyrim's fantastic. Yeah. It's, best. Like, it's the best game of all time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it, might, it may be. I mean, in terms of this decade stuff, for me, that was, that for me, that's Bethesda's last big high point. I don't oh, think yeah. they've got anywhere near that and that was back in 2011. Um, and it is it is pure agency. Like there's a reason they keep re-releasing it and it always works. You can always go back to it. Um, I just got the Switch version and restarting a new character all over again. Um, I am doing different things. Like, you know, there's some locations you can go back to, but the amount of choices you have when you're building a character, when you're mm. equipping a character, um, there's just there is it's free form fantasy like if mm. you can do whatever you want if you have a remote sort of you know you want like you like fantasy at all for mm. me Skyrim is that game um, I don't know how much if you guys have gone back to it like since the initial release well this is what I want your guys opinions on mm. because at, at the time and still now I still love Skyrim mm. I love everything it stands for mm. and I loved uh, you know being back in 2011 and just plowing hours and hours into this game yeah. and loving every second of it drinking up the atmosphere and you know engaging in every quest I could trying out different builds but even in spite of all the remasters and stuff I've never really gone back to it in the really? same way that I did mm. Oblivion or um, Fallout New Vegas as well if, it, if this was my list personally I know I'd you swap suggested it out New for, Vegas and I was like what? I'd swap it out for New <laughs> Vegas just for me that has that's sustained uh, its interest with mm. me all the way throughout my life I go back to New Vegas and I find something new every time I connect with something different I listen to the soundtrack on the daily and it's not that Skyrim isn't good Skyrim is one of the best <laughs> games of the generation and maybe of all time and certainly of the decade mm -hmm. but when I think about like Bethesda games not Bethesda games but you know things that fall into that bracket those big RPGs that I, rem I remember Skyrim is amazing it was amazing at the time yeah. but there are other ones that I would pick Mm. I would still recommend because you're you're doing a thing at the minute where you're going back to old games and old franchises and stuff. I would totally recommend you go back to Skyrim and see how you feel in prep for doing a bigger version of it's this. So I know much to go back to. Yeah. Yeah, but thing. you start a new character and see how you feel. I, for me, there's there's an immortal pull to the very beginning of that game where it just feels like you're stepping into a whole other realm. Mm. And there's just like it is that feeling. It's maybe cheesy, but like it is endless possibilities. And you can pick a direction and go, and you will find stuff. Like the way they designed that radiant quest system to serve you things mm -hmm. up, I do think really works. Um, and then just the world design, the score, like. 
it is pretty magical. Like, I think it's lush. Asher, a fan. Oh, I, I think it's fantastic. I think it's beautiful. I think it's, it's one of my favorite games ever, of yes. course. Um, Oblivion's always been my favorite because it's a bit weirder. I think, mm. I think mm. the, the one thing that Skyrim, I think, works in its favor, but also holds it back slightly, is that it is very classic high fantasy with mm. dragons and all that business. I think if they bought more of the Oblivion planes and that sort of thing, like doing the Daedric Prince quest is like ridiculously right. good. And the Dark Brotherhood and all that sort of thing, that like little flavor that Bethesda throw into their mm. fantasy is so unique and so wonderful to dive into. I just wanted, <laughs> I wanted like more of that. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to eat that up. In terms of like uh, playability, like Skyrim was the one, unlike Oblivion, that I just mm. just just went like straight yeah. away. I felt that it was just you could just pick it up and go. Yeah. Um, whereas Oblivion was a little, still a little bit kind of clumsy with its combat. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a way that Bethesda do combat models that is kind of just like flailing and hoping for the best. Yeah. But um, for me, like Skyrim sort of brought those things together. But yes, let us know down. Let us know what you think down in the comments if you're watching the video version, or come find us on social media if you're listening on any of the audio platforms. For now, though, this has been the World Culture Gaming Podcast, and I've been your host, Scott Taylor, for joined by Ash Millman. Goodbye. And Josh Brown. Goodbye. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. See ya. Bye bye. Bye bye. King. Brother's Day. 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 Br